It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to another NMRL Fantasy Amateurs Podcast. It's Mark here with Ryan and Ryan, mate, no intern Rob tonight. He's, uh, you know, he's he's got his priorities all mixed up and he's decided to ditch us to uh, look after his newborn baby. So, um, mate, I don't know yeah. what the thought process is there, but, um, you know, what are we going to do? Yeah, little little baby Tevita to finally... <laughs> Finally came into the world, and and you know it's um you can tell this baby's a, a true Warriors fan because uh, the missus went into labour an hour before the Warriors game kicked off, so just in just in time for kickoff. Yeah, just so we can avoid it, so <laughs> don't have to watch the game. Uh yeah. So um yeah. So no Rob tonight. It's just you and me, mate. Old faithful. We'll just have to uh you know have to work it out. We'll we'll probably lose our way a little bit without intern Rob, but uh, I think we're going to make it work. He is the backbone. So. Yeah, oh mate, of course, yeah, uh, mate. So we might just jump into the straight straight into the relevant stuff because obviously we've got lots of questions this week and and lots of fantasy relevant stuff. And I mean, we start in a pretty interesting place here on the game on Thursday night with um, Manly's seven players opting out because they didn't want to wear a little bit of rainbow on their jersey. And um, I mean, that results in this Manly team looking pretty weak. And I mean, the the number one fantasy talking point here is it's probably very appetizing for players like James Tedesco and a bit of a worry maybe for players like Daley Cherry Evans. So what's our sort of our main takeaways from this game? I mean, fantasy wise in the in the Seagulls, it's really just Cherry and, and Garrick with uh, Ola Kawachu sitting out this week. Yeah, it's um Cherry's one of those players it's you don't really have to worry about too much. Like even in a game where he gets flogged, his his base is so good he'll you know, he's still put up a forty five. I think the main worry here would be um for Ruben Garrick owners, you know, someone that mm. needs attacking stats in an attacking position with the goal kicking. Like how many points is this team gonna put up this week? You gotta you've really gotta wonder. Like they're so uh you know, you know, like it's half a reserve grade side here. We've got James Seguiaro back in the NRL for Christ's sake. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, the forwards actually sort of it's worked out okay, really, um, with Morgan Boyle's a serviceable seventeenth man. But I mean, they've got Pio Secchi and Alfred Smalley on the wings, and I, I'm sure that they didn't ever plan to use those two guys. So I mean, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. But I mean, on the other side of the ball, James Tedesco, potential captaincy option this week if you're feeling particularly uh, ballsy. Yeah, <laughs> break your rule of never captain someone lower than a seven. Oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to do it. Uh, but, I mean, you know, against the Knights, he put up 88 last week, looked really involved, 317 running metres. And, I mean, he's a genuine a genuine captaincy option this week, particularly if you're looking for a, a pod boom score type dude. Uh, I probably mm. won't do it. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing I, I wonder about Tedesco is, did he go so well because Joey Manu wasn't in the team last week? We know oh, Joey well. Manu... Uh, doesn't enjoy passing the football. <laughs> no, well, clearly not. And he finds himself back in the centres this week, so that's going to be a bit of a blow for his managers, but I suppose you'll probably be able to put up the attacking stats here as well. So, I mean, outside of that, it's basically just Crichton in this team and obviously Nat Butcher for anyone that's looking for somebody in a, a value price range. Have we got anything new to say on those guys or you reckon we probably move across to the next game? Yeah. Let's get on to uh, the Warriors, eh? Mount Smart. Yep. 
Yeah, Mount Smart Warriors. They come up against uh, obviously a battered Melbourne Storm side that is, um, you know, loss after loss. And we keep saying that they don't lose two in a row. They don't lose three in a row. They don't lose four in a row. And here we are with um, obviously Reese Walsh almost. The Warriors almost managed to get away with a win against Canberra last week, which would have been very interesting for Canberra's finals hopes. But, I mean, they, they pulled it out of the bag. But uh, Walsh goes back to fullback, which is good for anyone that still got him and didn't have to sell him last week. Um, but, I mean, it's pretty much just Torhu and you and Aiken from this team, isn't it? Yeah. it's. I mean, maybe maybe Chanel Harris-DeVita, if you want a, a cheap cash out at 300K, covers wing fullback too. But... Um. Yeah. No. No one else really here. Josh Curran's at an interesting price point, but yeah, again, he hasn't been going that well either. No. I mean, he came off the bench last week too, and he's uh. You know, there's no guarantee that he's not going to do that again. I mean, he probably won't based on this team, but you know, stranger things have happened, mate. Um. And then the storm, obviously, uh, Grant Anderson named on the wing. Um. Instead of coming off the bench, seemed a bit silly last week, but I mean, they've got. You know, really fantasy relevancy wise here, it's it's Munster and Harry Grant, and that's probably it as well. And and nothing new to say about them either, really. Yeah, no, same as same as usual. Yeah, probably not going to be looking to captain them. Normally, I would, but I mean, with the way the storm's going at the moment, probably not. You know, someone that I'm targeting, but could be a nice little point of difference if they do manage to put on some attacking stats against the Warriors. Uh, Parramatta up against Panthers in what will be one of the games of the round, you'd think, although it depends probably which Parramatta team turns up. Uh, Fantasy-wise here, it's it's pretty much, uh, I mean, Isaiah Papali'i, very consistent, not somebody you want to put C on this week. And then a, probably a bunch of headaches in Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, Reed Marnie and Ryan Madison. Um, I mean, <laughs> who's the mo- who headache most to least there? Yeah, geez. I mean, I'd, I have to think Madison's probably the least of the headaches. You've got to think he's going to bounce back. I know he's coming back off that rib injury, but, I mean, mm. surely. Uh, Brown and I think Moses are the two bigger headaches, given that they a little bit more reliant on attacking stats um, in their week where, yeah, they're probably not going to see a whole lot of them, are they? <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah. once again, it depends. They, they actually beat the Panthers earlier in the year, so, I mean, it is... True. Entirely possible that they do score well. And I mean, just having a look at Moses, um, I think he did pretty well against the Panthers earlier in the year. Um, yeah, 51's fine. You take that, you know. You got a 71 against the Roosters, 60, um, uh, 50 against the Raiders, who have been in pretty good form. So, I mean, it's not it's not lost, but I'm certainly not expecting a big score out of him this week. Uh, but Reed mm. Marnie's probably the one that we seem to be getting a lot of questions about this week and some really big headaches for his managers. Yeah, he's headache number one out of all of them, isn't he? He's, um, yeah, uh, I, th- I thought he would be like the fifth best hooker, um, you know, like just uh, bordering that keeper bracket, but he's he's really fallen off even more than that. He's, yeah, hasn't been, hasn't been good at all. And yeah, now he's well, losing I mean, minutes. Look at yeah, I mean, it's only a little little splash of minutes here and there, but you look at his scores since State of Origin started, 48, 42, 45, 47, 55, and then a 34. I mean, he's only got one score out of the last six over 50 points, which, you know, is, is a real worry. And, and I mean, it's a lot of demerits and and sort of not much else in the stats column is, is sort of where we're getting to. It's basically just tackles and missed tackles and then the odd, you know, five running metres against the West Tigers is, is just, you know, diabolical. So that's... 
you know, that's Andrew McCulloch level stuff, although he's been really good running the ball recently. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe they got um, space jammed. Poor Reed. Yeah. Uh, Panthers-wise, obviously, they're missing Stephen Crichton, who's missing half his ear, um, and also Jerome Luai with the busted knee. So that sees Robert Jennings and Sean O'Sullivan come in. I mean, fantasy-wise, here it's probably – I mean, people still have Tago and May probably. Um, May seems to be a popular one to move on this week. But, I mean, there's no urgency really there. Um it's probably Captain Cleary and then what, Isaiah Yo with a disappointing score last week, backing him for a bounce back? Yeah, I mean, you have to think he's going to bounce back. He doesn't put up uh, bad scores too often. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, it's it's really just those two in terms of keepers. Like Taylor Mays, okay. You know, he puts up a solid base when he gets a try. You know, he's fine. Brian Toto, sort of the same solid base, but, you know, sort of relying on a try to put up a good score. Um, yeah. But those yeah. are the main two. No, not a lot of new stuff there either. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving across to the Gold Coast Titans, David Fafita, back-to-back good scores. He was limping along and then scored that eight-point try and then somehow managed to end up in the mid-60s, oh, yeah. which is very heartening um, that he can do nothing and still get, um, you know, 63. So, I mean, that's yeah. that's a good thing for those of us that decided to jump on and had a coronary for the first 30 minutes of last week. I was I was bloody freaking out because eh? I started with David Fafita. I had him for the first like four rounds of the year and I was just having flashbacks to that like, oh, no, I've, I've bought this same dud who just does nothing and then like relies on one play game. But no, he managed to get uh, more involved in the second half, although it was, it was very frustrating because, you know, they moved um, Fafita to the left side to back to the left because he started the year on the right to get him more involved. And then for that first half, they just went right basically every set. It was just, yeah. Very strange stuff. Very Titan yeah. stuff. Yeah, hey, nice. Um, I guess the biggest story almost in this team, though, is Aaron Clark, who's now at 608K and finds himself in that, you know, ball-playing lock role, um, 54 and 58 minutes the last two weeks and a two-game average in that role of, you know, what's that, 68, something like that. You know, he's absolutely just braining it there, 67 um, you know, averaging, you know, high 20s tackles, seven and a half tackle busts and 150 metres a game, which is, you know, I mean, is that sustainable? One of those games was against the Broncos. So, I mean, mm. it might be. Um, I don't really know yeah. what to think about him, to be honest. We're getting a lot of questions. Uh, for mine, I, I think he's one of those players where, I'm not pro- like I'm not looking at buying him because like I'm in the time of the year where I don't really want to be taking a risk on a player like that. If it was earlier in the season, I'd be much more willing to you know pull the trigger, take a punt. Um, that said, I-, I also think he's in a price range where if you're you know if you're low on trades like most people are, um, and you're, you're sitting there with a read read Marty and you don't have much money to go up without burning more trades, um, like I could see, you know, why you'd want to go money to Clark. Um, he seems pretty locked into that 55-minute role. I guess, you know, with the Titans, nothing is certain. Anything could change at any minute. But, mm. um, yeah, I, I think he's, he's a situational buy depending on where you are. Yeah, and I mean, the only thing we really know for certain about the Titans is that Kevin Proctor's not going to be playing for them again this year. <laughs> No. No. Um, and for the Raiders, uh, side actually looks all right. 
Um, it's kind of one of those teams that might lose to the Titans or, you know, could beat them by 40, and I don't really know which one it is. Um, I mean, Adam Elliott still chugging along at lock here, played 55 minutes straight and then didn't come back, uh, which, I mean, I think everybody was hoping he was going to come back. But, I mean, they sort of were getting the momentum and, you know, they were losing while he was on the field and then they got the momentum when he went off. I don't think those two things are related. Um, but he certainly he's showing that he's a, a strong PPM scorer, if nothing else. But, I mean, he's one of those ones that I worry about that he's just going to chuck out at like 37 in 55 minutes at the worst possible time. Mm, but yeah, he hasn't really but given me any reason to believe that that's going to happen this year because he hasn't scored less than 40 since round 12 and hasn't scored less than 50 since round 13. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, but like you just look at his historical PPM from when he was back at um, the Dogs and, you, and it just makes you think like when is he going to have one of those games, mm. you know, because he's really been outperforming, um, you know, previous historical performance um, in, in the past two months. Yeah, I mean, over the last five games, his lowest tackle bus count is five. Yeah, wild. Which is weird. But, I mean, he's pretty, consist- pretty consistently up there in metres. And, you know, filling up stats with offloads and all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, he's really – he's he scares the shit out of me, to be honest. But, I mean, like, I, I don't know who I'd trade him to. That would be an upgrade. I can go straight from him to Cameron Murray this week, which I'm considering doing. Um, but, you know, last five game PPM, I don't know. I mean, I definitely feel a lot more comfortable with Murray. Um, yeah. yeah. So, a bit safer. Yeah, bit safer. See how we go. Um that's probably it for the Raiders um, in terms of end of season. Like, I mean, there's not really anyone that you're super excited to have in your final 17, is there? Yeah, Tarpany's still chugging along, putting up 60s, but... Oh, yeah, he's there, isn't he? You're looking at, you're looking at him this week, aren't you? Potentially, yeah, as an upgrade for Tamalolo. Um, a little pod buy, but again, I'd, geez, I just don't know if I want to be diving into more Ricky Stewart players, to be honest. No, no. I mean, he's just sort of, he's another one of those ones. Like, I mean, he's got, you know, his lowest score, he's, he hasn't scored under 50 since round 11, like or round 10. Mm-hmm. Round 11 was the last time it started his run of 50s. I mean, he's got eight 50s in a row there, so... And, I mean, he's played as low as 46 minutes in that time frame, but he's usually at the 55-plus minute mark now, which is, you know, he's always been good PPM-wise. It was always just the minutes, but he seems to be sort of getting them there now. So, yeah, I don't know. I can't afford him, so <laughs> I'm going to pretend he doesn't exist. Um, Sharky's up against the Rabbitohs. Um, Nico Hines, genuine captaincy option this week as well, um, outscored Cleary despite... In losing to him, um, which is an interesting thing. I mean, Dale Finucane's in the judiciary right now, which has implications more for Cameron McInnes than it does for Finucane himself. Um, Fantasy-wise, that's probably the extent of my interest in this team. I know a lot of people jumped on Ramian, but, you know, I mean, the longer time goes on, the better my advice to not buy him's looking. Um, that's probably the two guys for the Sharks, isn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. There's, I mean, even McInnes, people are looking at selling um, if yeah. Fanukin gets off. So, yeah, it's really yeah. just Nico Hines or bust. Yeah, I think he's going to be suspended. You reckon? Yeah, that's my gut feel. Such an interesting uh, scenario. 
Yeah, well, he sort of just, he sort of just, the thing is he just ran like way too hard at him, you know, which, I mean, is not a something illegal in a sense, but, you know, when you hit somebody in the head, it sort of shouldn't matter what part of the body you hit them with if you're doing it like that. I think that's the point. You're supposed to have mm. a, a – I was listening to NRL 360 the other night, and I actually found the only person on the planet who agrees with me that isn't a Cowboys fan about the Tigers-Cowboys last-second thing, <laughs> which is which is Paul Kent, so, which makes me oh, even no. more concerned that maybe I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was very very sure up until the moment that I heard Paul Kent parodying the exact same stuff I said on Twitter the night before, and I went, oh, well, hang on. Oh, you have no, to reevaluate because he's he believes he says thinks the same as me. So um, yeah, oh, that's funny. Uh, but um, yeah, and obviously that's got big implications there for McInnes and whether he's a sell. I guess so. Hopefully, we'll find out by the time we get to the end of the questions. Uh, Latrell Mitchell with a forty-eight, which I guess was the best of all of the not great wing fullback option value buys last week. So, I mean, he's he's looking like the third wing fullback now, definitely for this week anyway. Um, but, I mean, he's a, I mean, he's a keeper option. We discussed him at length last week. I don't think we need to keep going over that. Yep. Um, but, I mean, outside of that, it's Cook and Murray in this side, and that's probably it. Um, they're both yeah. elite gun keepers. Get them if you can. If you can't, sorry. <laughs> yeah, pray, pray for good luck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Broncos come up against the Tigers. Broncos debut Dean Mariner, um, who was just absolutely awesome in the trials. He looks like an absolute jet. Um, Brinko Lee listed down the reserves. I don't know if it's that they've actually actively chosen to debut him. Um, do we know? Do we have any context or information about why they've decided to go that way? Is it just because? They want to rest Brinko Lee for the finals, Origin Hero Brinko Lee, or do we know? I, I can't imagine it's it's a resting. Surely he hasn't played that much footy this year. I, I just I just think they're looking for some uh, fresh young blood. I guess uh, Brinko is leaving next year, so uh, yeah, mm. I don't know. Yeah, He's not the long term okay. solution. Well, I think Mariner. I I, I kind of half think that it's going to be tomorrow. Martin fullback and Tessie New is going to move into the centres. Hmm. That's my, and then Marin is going to be the 18th man. That's my gut feel on this, what's going to happen here. So I sort of, he does worry me, Mariner, a little bit, but his reserve grade stats, I've been told, are very, very good. So um, if he is there, yeah. I mean, we're probably not going to know early enough, are we? Yeah, I mean, I was, because I, I was actually looking at his reserve grade stats. So he, he played, uh, he's played six games so far this year for an average of 39 with uh, six tries in those, in that six games. So, um, pretty standard rookie rookie stuff there. Um, I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, probably, he's probably fine as a cash out, but uh, I, I don't know what his job security is like. It's a bit of a gamble. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Not somebody you're buying on, rely, buying on, buying with or relying on this week or weeks in the future. I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. This Broncos team's probably more about Adam Reynolds and then you know Haas and Carrigan. I guess is the the main three here. And so Adam Reynolds, obviously, interesting price point this this week. Uh, seems to have, excuse me, bounced back from his, you know, niggle injury that he was carrying through. I mean, he is just absolutely, you know, the centre of this attack. Um, is he somebody at the price point that we're going to, you know, look at maybe taking a gamble on? I mean, you look at his, 
start of the season, 47, 49, 51, 56, 51, isn't super-duper inspiring. But then when the Broncos really hit their straps, he went 75, 50, 73, 70 prior to the injuries. So, I mean, it depends which Adam Reynolds we're getting. Are we getting the first five rounds, Adam Reynolds, that's the, you know, what we've come to expect from him? Or are we getting uh, the six through ten rounds where he was just an absolute beast? Hmm. And their schedule's a bit up and down as well. Like they've got the uh, Tigers and Knights in the next three weeks, but then they've also got uh, the Roosters, uh, Storm and Para. So, I mean, it's it's a little bit up and down. But um, I mean, none of those teams are particularly defensively powerhousely scary at the moment, though, either, are they? I mean, really, the only team that's still defending well is uh, the Panthers, aren't they? Like even the Cowboys have been leaking points mm. in recent weeks. Mate, can I, can I tell you a secret as long as you promise not to tell anyone? Okay, all right. Shh, shh. I think the Broncos are the second best team in the comp at the moment. <laughs> I think the Bron- the Broncos, at the moment, the Broncos are the only team with a chance of knocking off the Panthers. Oh, jeez. i tell you what, though. I'm taking a huge victory lap for um, our hot takes episode back in the preseason. I said oh, Broncos. man. Yeah, top four, wasn't it? Yeah, I said Bronx top four in, in my hot takes, and jeez. Yeah. Mate, well, I took well. them top eight. I took them top eight in the preseason at like two dollars fifty or something like that, and I'm taking that to the bank straight away. But like sure. the um, yeah, the Cowboys have me really nervous. Uh, just I know it's I know I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but ever since Luciano got there, I wonder if maybe they're they're going away from there. There was so there was like seven errors in the first twenty minutes the other night, and I just I can't help but think like maybe they've gotten a little bit full of themselves and. You know, it's long enough away from all that tackling that they did in the preseason and they're now reading all the headlines and they're looking at the ladder and, oh, excuses why they lost this player, that player's out for origin, blah, blah, blah. I just worry that maybe um, they're reading their own headlines a bit much. And I actually really wanted them to lose last week to this uh, Tigers side that we're about to bring up in a second. But, I mean, this Broncos team seems like they've got depth and they've got, you know, options in attack um, they're defending pretty well. You know, they've got, you know, they're not as reliant on Payne Haas, but they've got guys like Payne Haas who can break the game open as well in a different way to guys like Tedesco doing it. And, yeah, I just, I think they're, uh, I think they're in with a shot. Mm. But, um, I mean, yeah. mate, mate, other than that, the West Tigers here are obviously really unlucky to, uh, you know, lose to the Cowboys team that definitely deserved to lose uh, on the weekend. And, I mean, uh, fantasy-wise, it's really Dewey letting everybody down and for some reason not doing any of the kicking and Brooks taking all the kicking this week. I mean, by that I mean last week, um, which obviously is a big, big concern for everyone that jumped on, yourself and myself included. So, I mean, what are we doing about that? Oh, I mean, what, what can you do? Um, he, uh, he, it's a bit. It was a bit strange to see um, the kicking sort of go from all Dewey one week to a little bit more of an even and split. Like Brooks finished on three hundred fifty one, Dewey finished on one hundred ninety eight. So, like, it wasn't just all Brooks, but um, definitely not what we were expecting. I think we were expecting a little bit more of the inverse there, if not Dewey a little mm-hmm. bit higher. Brooks finished on. Um, I wonder if maybe it was something to do with like they've actually identified something in the the way that the Cowboys defend. Like you know, Nanai doesn't chase the kicks as hard as Gilbert does, or something like that. So they, you know, they went to Brooks more because you know they find the left side kicker gets more space or something like that. 
Yeah, no, no, quite possibly. I mean, it's one game sample size, so I'm not selling off one game and 34 for a wing fullback isn't panic stations just yet anyway. No, I mean, outside of that, it's pretty much just um, Hastings for those that have got him. And uh, often Gowie, who, you know, put up another nice, you know, strong PPM in his game on the weekend. And, um, yeah, he looks, uh, you know, slightly below elite level keeper. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Knights go without Ponga for the rest of the season. Tex Hoy named it fullback. Um, this Knights team is just oh, that you can just tell they're ready to put the queue in the rack and, and move on to 2023, which seems to be what they do at about this time every single year. Um, fantasy wise, it's pretty much those of us with not including me, David Clemmer or Barnett. Um, and then anyone that was forced to hold Frizzell because they were out of trades last week, I guess, is probably the three options here. I mean, I, I'm I'm having a look at Clemmer because, I mean, up until last week, he was, you know, just going from strength to strength. And, I mean, I think the Knights just get sort of put the cue in the rack last week. But, I mean, previous to that, oh, no, it's not David Clemmer's stats. He's not playing 80 minutes, is he? No, don't lie to me. Try again. Sorry, this website's having a little bit of a conniption here. Um, I mean, he he was like averaging fifty eight points not that long ago, Clem. And I mean, he's you know he's he's one where like he is at a really interesting price point in that you know seven hundred k bracket now. Yeah, well, especially with um, uh, Barnett back in the second row and Fitzgibbon gone, um, you have to think that's. Got to do something good for his minutes, and Kurt Mann is lurking down the reserves. They're not in the not in the twenty one. Um, mm. I mean, he's an interesting option. He's, he's certainly dropped a fair bit of money from where he was. Yeah, what's the um, what's the word on um, Fitzgibbon? What was the what happened? Where is he? Is he gone for the year? Uh, yeah, I think gone for the year. It was like a reoccurrence of what he did um, earlier in the season. Um, I think it was similar to the Reed Marnie injury last year. Yeah. But I mean, even if Kurt Mann does come back in, pushes Brody Jones to the bench and Croker out of the side, I don't necessarily know that that's a bad thing for Clemmer. Hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. Interesting, interesting option. Because I mean, he only needs to play, what, 55 minutes to be a gun, really, um, at, at his PPM that he's been at this year. Um, yeah. One, one for the... Uh, yeah, one for the, the, the doubt pile, I think. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, on the Bulldog side, um, Matt Burton, probably a genuine captaincy option this week um, coming up against this Knights team. Uh, and, I mean, outside of that, it's probably not anyone else from the Bulldogs that I'm excited to own, although obviously King, for those of us or those of you, not me included anymore, um, that still have him. He's, you know, doing fine. Could put up a 54 last week. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm not sure there's really any dogs you want, are there? Um, I know a few people jumped on uh, Declan Casey last week, only to be disappointed he's back in 19 this week. But, um, mm. yeah, yeah, I sold uh, I sold Josh Jackson last week to get David Fafida um, to close a pod down in my head-to-head. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, that's looking like an absolute masterstroke at the moment because they've basically swapped prices um, and I got 30 extra points. So 
Jeez, oh, I just uh, I just had a look at Pago. He scored fourteen last week. Wow, thirty one yeah. minutes. Pago. Yeah, he's just gone off gone off off the rails, Pangai. He's just busted. Yeah, yeah he's cooked. Cooked he's until he's gonna, he's gonna tap me in next year when he's priced at like forty yeah, points. Like, yeah, oh mate, there are so many guys like that too that I'm looking at. I'm like, oh, don't you do that to me? I'm just gonna have a team full. And um, <laughs> oh, there's mate, there's a bunch of them. There's about nine of them that I've already got on my list. So oh, yeah, it's just going to be an absolute. It's going to be an absolute shocker. So yeah. Uh, anyway, um, last game of the round here. The Dragons come up against the Cowboys. Um, Dragons. The big fantasy relevancy here is a cash out option of Mozambique with Ramsey gone for a couple of weeks. But Sloan in fourteen doesn't fill me with huge amount of confidence unless they're planning on shifting Embi from there to Hooker. But I seem to think that probably more than likely it's going to be. Late switch, Sloan one, and by fourteen, which is a concern for me. Um, and then there's really Jack Bird, who a lot of people have, but I mean he scores fine in the centres, really. You know? Yeah, uh, I, I guess it's just not. Uh, it, it it probably limits. I guess his it limits his floor, I suppose. So um, yeah, like his floor becomes lower, but. Yeah, I don't know. Embi um, is interesting. I, like I've currently got him penciled in um, this week, but I, I don't feel great about it. Like I, I just, I, I think his job security is pretty good. Like he'll probably move back to the centers once Ramsey's back. So you know, I guess twenty is better than nothing. But um, oh, yeah, I guess Sully's yeah. uh, Sully's gone, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think Embi will probably just slot back into Jack Bird's okay. slot. Um, oh, when Ramsey's okay. back, but yeah, um, okay. but I mean, yeah. it's it's Moses Mbai, you know, he's going to score twenties. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Cowboys, uh, they get uh, another week of lock Tomalolo before he goes back to uh, with Ruben Cotter coming back in. Although they might make that late change, Shim is going to be a captain's run type scenario, uh, in which case Greenville will drop out of the team. Um, Luch will go to the bench and Tom Lola will play prop. Uh, he's one where, like, you know, obviously he's probably a, what I'd call a luxury upgrade. Is that a, a fair assessment on him? Yeah, I think so. Like, I, I think I've got him in that category of, um, you know, if, uh, if I can avoid injury, I'll probably upgrade him. But if he's one of those guys where you're forced to hang on to him, there's worse things that can happen. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then Robson, obviously, he's one of those guys that, like, the only player you'd really trade him to is Damien Cook. Mm-hmm. And even then, you'd probably be looking for somebody else to trade to Damien Cook, not him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably it, I think. Do you want to go into some questions? Yeah, good uh, hour and a half worth of questions coming up, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure it won't be that long. Um, all right. First question is, is McInnes to butcher two sideways creating emergency cash and his duel? Even though yeah. last time that Dale Finucane was out, I don't think there was a huge uptick in McInnes' minutes. Yeah, I, I think I'm fine with that trade because I, I think you're right, hey. Like even if even if um, Finucane's out, I, I, I don't actually wonder how much it's actually going to affect McInnes. Um like he, yeah. he still sort of seems like that fifty-five minute player to me, but yeah. I guess I, the I'm question is, I guess the question is, if you have like 
if you if the only trades you've got is the four that you just got, would you make that trade mm. or would you want to have like say like six? Well, it probably depends on the circumstances. Like we were discussing this off air. Uh, you know, if it's a do or die head to head this week, or you, you're just going to yolo it, send it. <laughs> you know, you got nothing else going on. Um, it's it's one of those things. But it, it, but on the opposite end, like if you're comfortably in your top four or comfortably locked into sixth or something like that, and you're just waiting for head to head finals to start, then it's probably a trade that could wait a week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, six trades and 213k in the bank. Ramsey, Lolo, and Karaz out. Murray, Haas, and Embai in. Or Ramsey and Lolo out for Butcher and Haas, with Karaz being the 18th man. No, I'm fine with that first option. I think that's better. Yeah, well, you get Murray instead of Butcher. And, I mean, your 18th man is, you know, whether it's Embai or, you know, Aaron Booth or someone like that. You know, that's fine. I don't know if there's a huge difference between Karaz and Embai or Booth anyway. Not with Karaz playing on the wing, I don't think. He's much better as a server. Yeah. Uh, How many trades are we holding for injuries? That's an interesting question because I've been wondering about that because I've been – I was going back through my trades and I've been very fortunate with um, injury – Outs. Like I really haven't had yeah. many. Um, like I traded out Cody Ramsey last week and just the week he happens to get injured, he, I've, I've traded mm. him. Um, really like Pappenhausen and Payne Haas are the only two big injuries I've had. So yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous that I'm, I'm due for one. Yeah. And I mean, the big thing is like when you say injury, is it an end of season injury? And it probably it, we we discussed it off air. It probably comes down to the context of what your where, what your what your situation is. Like, you know, if you got let's say you got seventeen strong keepers, and then you got like Aaron Booth and Embi, for example, as your eighteenth and nineteenth man. Like, if you lose somebody for a week or something like that, it's not going to kill you having to play Booth in your seventeen for overall, for head-to-head, it could be the difference. So, like, I'd be more inclined to, you know, look at your individual position. I think if you've got depth, and it seems to me this year that there's way less suspensions as well because of this change that they've made wiping all the carryover points. So I think it's really just multi-week injuries that we're actually worrying about. And there has been a lot of them. They just haven't been fantasy relevant for the most part, which is unusual. But, I mean, you know, statistically bound to happen at some point. I'm just – I want to actually go through the casualty ward to see at the moment, like, exactly how many players are even on it. Um, Because, I mean, it feels like there's lots of injuries, but they're all, like, reserve-grade players or players that aren't fantasy relevant. You know, you look at guys like, people that are missing out of the, you know, the bench for the Rabbitohs or like, you know, we've got, you know, we lose Ramsey right at the time that everybody was supposed to be selling him anyway. You know, it's sort of, as a as a game, it's been pretty fortunate. Even um, last year we had an injury to a Panthers half and we've had the same thing this year. It just happens to be the non-fantasy relevant half this year. Yeah. And I mean, like we lost Ruben Cotter, who was fantasy relevant. Um, you know, Raiders have... So I'm looking at the fantasy the, the the casualty ward at the moment. Broncos have seven guys out. Raiders have nine or eight guys out. 
Bulldogs, similar. Sharks have been pretty lucky, but Sione Katoa, Katoa gone for the year. Um, you know, Manly lost all those guys to COVID that were fantasy relevant last week. Um, Carl Lawton, even Tom Trebojevic, though, we lost him, remember? Um, mm-hmm. Pat's gone. Xavier Coates is gone. Brandon Smith's gone. You know, so there is Ponga. You know, there actually is a fair few guys. It's just, you know, it, we've been they've come up at relatively convenient ties, times. Campbell Graham, Joseph Manu's been out. Suley's gone. Takiaho's been out. Tupanua's gone. Billy Smith's gone. Jesse Arthur's is injured. You know, so yeah, it's it's a list. Sean Bloor, mm. remember him? Oh yeah, <laughs> Sean Bloor. Alex Twelve, Stefano's twice. You know, so yeah, no, we've had a lot of injuries. I think we've just managed to, for the most part, that be fantasy not relevant. So, so what's um, so what's the answer to the question then? How many trades uh, do you want? Yeah, situationally, I would be saying I would be only making obvious upgrades, and that's where, like, you know, say a trade that I was talking to Ryan about off air was like. Going Tomalolo to Olakuatu or something like that. Who, not that he's playing this week, but like prior to us finding it out, and then going like, "Oh, is that really worth a trade?" And I don't think it is. Same thing. That sort sort of concerns me a little bit about like McInnes to Butcher, like trades like that. Whereas, you know, if you're doing like, you know, Lolo to Cam Murray, like I'd go, oh, "That's worth spending a trade on something like that," you know, or. Mm. You, you know, like if I was going even Lolo to Isaiah Yo, like I'm not sure I'd think that that's worth spending a trade unless you've got, you know, seven or six in the and like any like your last two or three really need to be for injuries. Like, but you know, it depends if you're on the brink of falling out of head to head and you're five thousand something overall and you don't care about overall, then you know send it and pray. But I mean, if you make it in and then you know you lose. Nico Hines next week and everybody else is trading him to Damien Cook and you can't, you know, then you're going to be upset. So, yeah, hmm. I think one – I'd hold one to two would be my suggestion at least. Um, which duo would you choose if you had to pick? Would you go Cleary and Robson or Munster and Damien Cook? Ooh. Um, I think Munster and Cook. Yeah, me too. Mm. Cleary's not the cheat code that he was last year, um, successfully no. predicted by the amateurs. Because um, in terms of averages, at, I think... Oh, sorry, well, you Cleary's go. Only, Cleary's only half a point in front of Cook mm. on averages. And I think Munster's five points like better than Robson. Yeah, Munster's 61. Yeah, Robson's been pretty lucky with tries as well, and he's still six points lower, seven points lower than Munster. So yeah, I think I'd go. I think I'd go Cook and uh, and Munster. Yeah, for sure. I think that's yeah. five points better. Yep. Uh, Graham, which I'm assuming is Wade Graham. Oh no, it's Campbell. Yes. Graham. No, it's oh, Campbell. Boo. Graham. Sorry, mate. Uh, Campbell <laughs> Graham and Ramsey to Haas and either Hastings or Dewey. Uh, it probably depends if you need a wing fullback. If you don't need a wing fullback, I'd nah, go. He's got, te- he's got Teddy, Latrell, and Hines, and no cover on the bench for the wing fullback mm. center. But I don't, I don't, as long as you've got a couple of trades left, that's all right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hey, Legends, have six trades left. 
ranked 1,700 and trying to finish in the top 1,000. Well, mate, we've got bad news for you. We're in the same rank range, so I'm going to give you some bad advice here. Um, <laughs> are, are these guys trades or holds with so little trades left? So, okay, so he's got a big list of dudes here, uh, and this is the similar situation to what I was just talking about. Like you make, you've got to make a decision on whether – guys are holds but you know so like someone like mitch barnett that he's got listed here and max king you know mm. you probably with six trades left you probably need to hold guys like that um mm. definitely barnett i mean max king's maybe a different conversation because the other yeah. guys he's got, he's got savage tass pole and will kennedy he has one red dot already um so we'd like to go one down and one up and have four trades left for injuries is what he's thinking. I think with Barnett back on the edge, you, you have to hold him. Um, I think, yep. you know, the circumstances have changed from last week. King, uh, King's one of those ones that um, I'm fine to trade. He's, uh, you know, his ceiling is sort of capped given that he's only playing, you know, high 40s minutes nowadays most weeks um mm. so what did he play last week he played 48 yeah, he's basically been playing 48 or 49 minutes exactly the last three weeks so yeah. I, I i'm fine to trade king um i think he's you know he's probably going to average he's a one ppm guy so he's going to average in the high 40s over the long run um but yeah the other ones are sort of <sighs> cash them out if you can but i mean you need to hang on to some trades as well yeah so this is a thing like he's got so he's got he's got a red dot, and then he's got Kennedy, Pole, and then Savage and Tass. So one of those guys is in his seventeen every single week, mm. plus Max King. Right as it is now. So and that's what I'm sort of thinking. Like, do you spend three trades there? You just hang on to Kennedy and Pole in your emergencies. And do you go like Savage, Tass, and Max King to like M by and then upgrade the other two so you make your 17 better and save three trades for injuries? I think I would, yeah. I think that's the play. Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, so I'd go, yeah, I'd go like, yeah, Savage to M by and then like Tass and Max King to the best two players that you can get, which could be Nat Butcher and someone really, really good um, or it could be two like fairly good players. Do I prioritise upgrading Cooler, who is my starting centre, along with Burton? Uh, well, I guess we know the answer to that question now and not the second part. <laughs> uh, yes, you do need to trade Cooler. Um, let's see if he's got – actually, no, he's got Tass here, so he can play Tass instead. Um, or do I upgrade my bench of Savage and RFM with 533K in the bank? Um, Austin, is that you, Is that Austin? <laughs> so the person he's potentially going to be against in the head-to-head finals already has Cook and Murray, so should he be trying to target them or get pods? But he's only got four trades left. So Yeah, I'm not sure you can, mate. Yeah, so he's got Peoples and Volkman and Pole down in the emergencies, which I think he needs to leave alone. I'd be shifting Tass up into the centres for this week. Mm-hmm. And then what you do, cooler down to Mbai, and then upgrade Fatala Mariner and Savage to the best you pl- best two players you can get. Would you would you look at buying a centre this week? Given that you know he's going to have to 
either play Tass or replace him with someone next week? I just played Tass this week. Okay. All right. Yeah. I just played Tass this week. How many trades would that leave him with? But, but, so, but yeah, so he'd have three trades left if he pulled the trigger on the three. But also he could buy you and Aiken this week as well. Yeah. Okay. You know, you go like Savage to you and Aiken and Raymond Vitello Mariner upgrade. And then you play, you could play Tusk this week and then he goes back to your bench later. Yeah. If that makes sense. It works. Something like that. He's also got Max King and Reed Marnie on the bench, which is sort of unlucky. And sort of stuck with him, man. Uh, Frizzell and Cooler to Fafita and Dewey. Yeah, I don't mind that. Um, if you still got faith in Dewey, I, I, I don't mind it. Yeah, I think I'd do it. Just YOLO. Just send it. Um, would you rather trade Frizzell to Reynolds and have Savage and Kennedy as your 18th and 19th man mm-hmm. or trade Ken- Kennedy to Dewey with Frizzell and Savage as the 18th, 19th man? I think option one. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I, I think you, you need to you need to prioritize um, having more points in your seventeen than having a eighteenth man that scores fifty instead of forty. You know, like you're not taking those points anyway. So prioritize your seventeen. Yep. Um, Raymond Fitella Mariner to butcher. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Sideways, like well, it's a sideways upgrade. Out this week too, so that works well. Uh, often Gowie and Moses to Haas and Teddy leaves two trades and zero coin in the bank, or do I just hang on to them? Man, uh, I don't know if I like trading offer with so few trades left. Yeah. Like surely with someone else that's a problem, more of a problem than often Gowie who's just put up a 64. Yeah. I'd probably just pull the trigger on Moses to Teddy and then just, you know, go without Haas and suck it up. Or is yeah. often Gowie more expensive than Haas, and that's why he's doing it. Probably yeah, often Gowie seven forty. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. Just outside the top one k. Uh, like I'd like it a lot more if he had more than two trades. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so Trent's got here. Can we name our ideal top thirteen based on thirteen point two ish million average salary? Um, but I mean, there's two parts to this that I'm I'm not really sure about. So part number one is obviously you've got to have eight players on the bench anyway. Um, I mean, I would say that the average salary is probably closer to I guess thirteen five. Um, you take out four three hundred k emergencies and you get to um, hold on. Four, 12, so 1.2 million. So let's say, let's say 12.5 million, you want to be buying 17 players. Okay. So that leaves an average of uh, about 735K per player. Um, I mean, outside of, I mean, just, you know, stop me if you disagree with anything. But, I mean, outside of Heinz, Burton, I'm not sure there's anybody that's a must-have. No, I agree. 
But those are the um, only two must-haves based on position. Yeah, but I mean, like, I would want to have, I'd want to have Teddy, Hines, Burton, Aiken, Cleary, probably Haas, Papali, E, Grant, Cook, Murray, and then get the best other players that you can that aren't those players. Is that, mm. is there anyone outside of that list that's obvious? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I think, yeah. 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 I mean, the easiest way to get really good players with less money is to buy guys that are underpriced for based on their performance. So guys like Fafida, even like Angus Crichton at the moment seems to be quite cheap. Haas, Carrigan, you know, those sorts of players, buying them at the prices they're at now. Torhu, you know, you get sort of pretty solid players with consistent roles for cheaper, which allows you to spend and to get those good guys. But, I mean, yeah, there's probably a list of, particularly in the forwards, like you could have Tarpany, Madison, Yo, often Gowie, even like a Clemmer. Um, any one of those guys is fine, plus all the guys that I listed, Adam Elliott uh, at the moment somehow. <laughs> you know, there's probably, if you have any combination of those couple of guys, you're probably doing okay. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, Elliot and Cooler to Cook and Murray, or Tom Lolo, Elliot and Cooler to Cook, Haas and Teddy. Hmm. Oh, geez, that's a tough one. So I guess the question is: Is Haas so much better enough than Adam Elliot that you would? get Teddy instead of Murray and spend an extra trade for the privilege? Uh, I mean, Elliot's th- like five round average is 61. <laughs> you know, That's exactly what like, I mean. Like why would you spend an extra trade to sell somebody with a five grand average of 61 to get somebody who's had one good game in the last 10 weeks? Yeah. So the additive to this at the moment is his wing fullback is Garrick, Latrell, Hines, and Dewey. So he doesn't need Teddy for the wing fullback either. I don't know. I wouldn't be buying Teddy, I don't think. Like, yeah. I know it was hard just, to watch last week. but Yeah, I go, and it's going to be hard to watch this week as well, just letting you know, just giving you a little hot tip. Um, yeah, I just go Cook and Murray for Elliot and Cooler, I think. Um, yeah. I think that's good. Good trades. Um, unless you just want to go Tamalolo and Cooler for Haas and Murray or Haas and Cook, like something like that. Can you do that? Surely. Yeah, I think you can. Something like that, maybe. Uh, four trades left, 12K in the bank. Would you move one? Would you use a trade to go from Reed to Aaron Clark? Or use two to upgrade, say, like Palacia to MBI, which allows Reed to Harry Grant. Um, I'm not sure Grant's been going well enough to prioritize using two trades. And the Storm themselves, like, I don't know. 
I, I, so what I'm I, hearing I, from you, Ryan, is you think that Aaron Clark is better than Harry Grant. I don't know about better. Um, Grant's certainly <laughs> safer in terms of job role, but in terms of average, can you really say Grant over the last what we've seen over the last two months is um, significantly better than Aaron Clark? No, you can't. Which is a worry in itself. That said, but, the the Storm had the Warriors and the Titans the next two weeks, so <laughs> yeah, might change well, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd be interested in and having a little sneaky peek at Reed to Clark, I think. But, I mean, if you want to feel confident in the role of the player that you're getting, you know, you use the extra two, you buy like m and then you get Grant. Um, which two would you trade first? Reed, Malt, Moses, Lolo or McInnes? Um, I think Reed. Reed's number one there. Yep. And then Moses Lolo McInnes, who's your number two? Oh, jeez. I think I'd go McInnes. Just because yep. I don't think he has the ceiling of the other of the other two. Okay. Um, I think uh, I, I think I agree. Um, and then, yeah, so he asks, is he getting Haas and IPAP or Haas and Robson or just go to Cook and Butcher? Ooh. Um, so Haas, sorry, so uh, Haas and Robson or Cook and Butcher? That's the question. Or Haas and IPAP. Okay. Um, he's got Harry Grant and Aaron Booth, so he's got hooker cover. I mean, Cook to Haas is probably you know, five to eight points. Um, is it? Yeah. I think Haas is a high 50s, low 60s type of player. Um, Cook seems to be in the high 60s, mid mid to high 60s. Yeah, so I seem to think that Haas is going to be closer to 65 rest of the season. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then the answer's easy. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah, it probably like as Ryan says, it probably comes down to what you believe about Payne Haas. I like Haas and Robson the least out of those three options. So, which one is your favourite, Haas and IPAP? Or? So yeah, I think I think based on yeah where I'd project those players the rest of the season, I'd have Haas and IPAP at one hundred and twenty-five to one hundred and thirty points. And I'd probably have Cook and Butcher closer to 115 to 120. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's a floor. The floor is with Haas and IPAT. So as in like they could be lower. But I think the Cook-Butcher floor is like 110, 105, 110. Um Whereas I think, you know, it could be, you know, 25 and a shoulder injury for us and he's gone and, yeah, who knows. So um, looking at trading out Ponga, Ramsey and Karaz, seven trades left, 5K in the bank. How do I make the most of it? Okay. Um, so, so he's who, got Hines, he Ponga. Ponga, Ramsey and Karaz. He's got Hines and okay. Dewey in the wing fullback with Kennedy, who's not somebody that you want to have in year 17. So one of the players needs to be a playable wing fullback. And I would suggest that if we're looking 
at a value perspective, the best way to go is probably Trell. Yeah. What's Latrell so, now? He's at six. six, six, oh, six. Geez. Devil's number. So what is the sum total of Ponga, Ramsey, and Karaz? So, well, so I've just done it. So, I mean, he could do, he could do like, by Latrell and Butcher. Yeah, well, or that seems he... to be. Yeah. Randy's and he'd have seven Ks. All right, so... Yeah, so fourteen thirty-one is the total plus what he's got in the bank, which was only five k. So fourteen thirty-six. Yeah. So if you can do Latrell, Butcher, and Embi, that's probably the way I would go. I reckon. Um. Hey, gents, project the following players going forward: Haas, Grant, Reynolds, Moses, Latrell. So we already did that with Haas. So Ryan thinks high fifties, low sixties. I think. Low to mid sixties. Uh, Grant, where are you on Grant, Ryan? Um, he sort of strikes me as like a fifty-five average player moving forward. Um, that's yeah, that, that seems to be where I am with Grant at the moment. Just given with the Storm struggle, they're not the same team anymore. Because Grant, he's got a lot of negatives in his game, like a lot of negatives, and he's he was able to offset that in the beginning of the year when the Storm were just beating up on awful teams by getting a bunch of attacking stats, like he was getting like two try assists a week, and you know having a bunch of offloads and tackle breaks and being able to run at will. Um, yeah, he, he's sort of looking like a fifty-five to sixty type player, like you know yep. in that fifty-eight type of. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Mid to high 50s, I think, is probably fair with upside into the low 60s. Um, Reynolds just absolutely scares the crap out of me, and he could be anywhere between 51 and 68. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I, I tend to think he's going to be like 52 on the dot. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I mean, I could get him to 55, but... I think he's probably a, a rung below the 60 guys, the 61 yeah. guys. So just out of interest, if you look at Adam Reynolds, uh, and this is courtesy of um, Rugby League Fantasy Pro website, if you look at Adam Reynolds at least 71 minutes per game um, every year since 2015, this is the average for him. 46, this is new scoring, new scoring on, with the new scoring on the kick metres. 46, 49. 45, 43, 44, 48, 47, and then this year he's at 56. Now, the difference there is his previous best season was 2020 where he had 33% try scoring rate, but previous before that was like low 20s, uh, which is, you know, that's a good try scoring rate, but for a half, it usually sits in the sort of, you know, 15 to 20 sort of try scoring percentage. This year he's at 46.2% try scoring. Um, and his kick meters has also gone from 350 to 500 a game. So, I mean, the kick meter part is probably sustainable, but I don't think the try scoring is. So if we take his, you know, say 2020 season where he performed really, really well, 
33%, so one in three try scoring rate. Um, he averaged 400 kick metres. Um, that was 48.5. Um, and you add an extra three points for kicks, he's still only at 51 and a half. So, I mean, I guess the question is where does that other rest of that come from? Um. It seems like his tackles have gone up too. Like he's getting an extra three points a game in tackles. Like he's gone from averaging seventeen to uh, sorry fourteen up to seventeen in recent okay. years. So I wonder if that's got think, something to do with he's been playing against playing next to Cody Walker for so long, and everyone targets Walker in defence because he's bad in defence. But now they're targeting Reynolds because he's the the key, so they're running at him more instead. Yeah, possibly. I mean, he's also averaging, like in previous years, he's averaged um, about one offload every two games. So I guess, you know, you're seeing an increase there too because you're getting two extra points. But I suppose that was factored in with your extra, with the new scoring, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, no, hmm. it was. Yeah, all of that was factored in the tackle bus down, offload up type thing. Um, I guess the big, yeah, the big thing is, like, I wonder what his. Um, try assist rate is as well. 1.15 here for the Broncos Last this year. year. So let's say 30%. 2020. Um, yeah, yeah 40, 40%. So, yeah, he's over one a game or is he's yeah, 30 or 40% 2020. So Although that's not that's not surprising to me, though, like given how much of South's attack was going down the left and, and now he's the focal point of the Broncos' attack. Like that's mm. it, it's not surprising to see his try assist rate really jump up like that. Yeah, and I mean, being that his try assist rates up, it also would make sense that his try scoring rates up as well because he's so involved in the attack as well. So yeah, I don't know. I just I find it hard. So fifty, I think. Yeah, I think I could, I could get on board with mid fifties, but I wouldn't be expecting much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that fifty six or whatever does factor in those two games where he played. Obviously injured. Uh, who were the other guys? Uh, he wanted Latrell. I remember that. Latrell and Moses. Latrell and Moses, yeah. I think yeah. Moses is a low 50s yep. sort of average. Same. And, and probably the same for Latrell. Yeah, Latrell's one of those players where, like, his base gets him to, like, he's one of those guys where he could average 40 or he could average 60 because you can't really account for when his attacking stats are going to come. Yeah, no, very hard. He only to had do. sixty run meters. He only had sixty run meters on the weekend and still scored forty eight. Yeah, yeah, no. I think he's going to be a very inconsistent low fifties average, but made up of thirty fives and eighty fives. Mm. Um, thoughts on Ramsey, Mam, and Tass to Murray for feeder and a two hundred twenty k player, which will let's say Zembai leaves him with five trades and thirty seven k in the bank, uh, but. Leaves him with Cooler, Booth, Kennedy, and Pole. One of them needs to be a decent, decent eighteenth man. I think Cooler's a fine eighteenth man once he's back on the park. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, he's he's not great, but he he'll put up a, a thirty each week at least, and he's got that potential for tries. Yeah. So no, it looks. Oh, yeah. So he needs a seventeenth man though. So he's going to have a two hundred twenty k pay. He's going to have a two hundred twenty k player, Booth, Kennedy, and Pole, or. Right. Cooler and one of those is gone. So, I mean, he probably needs to. He said, he said, or should I not spend the Murray cash and instead 
go to someone cheaper like, you know, Reynolds, Robson, etc. Um, I wonder if it's Haas or, you know, Butcher or someone like that and then, you know, maybe look at Murray, maybe even cooler to Murray if you can do that or something like that later. He's still got five trades left after that though as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be panicking too much about using trades just yet. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. Make some moves. Uh, Got Ponga to get rid of. One of Cooler, Marnie and Savage and Lee uh, can trade out two, but desperately need a wing fullback. 194K in the bank have Heinz and Dewey. Um, So, I mean, obviously you want to target Tedesco um, if you can, if not Luttrell. Um, so what do we like, you know, cash Ponga? I think he's got uh, Lee and Savage there. Yeah. I think I'd upgrade Edric. Like Edric's up to 511k now. Um, I think it's time to get off. (laughs) Yeah. Can you just go like Ponga down to M by and then turn Lee into Tedesco or Latrell? Um, and I mean, if you go Latrell, you use the money, the extra money to turn Marnie into someone that's not Marnie as well. (laughs) <laughs> not Marnie. Yeah, anyone that's not Marnie would be fine. Um, five trades left. Looking at going Marnie to Angus or Carrigan? Hmm. I mean, that's an upgrade. Um, I don't know which one I'd go for. Um, Carrigan was Carrigan was a funny one because he was flying on the weekend. He was on like 45 at halftime and then only managed two points in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think a, a lot one. of the points was going down the edges and he sort of and Haas and he sort of just was chilling, I think. We had a bunch of penalties in the second half too. I think he finished the game with like four penalties, which is very un-Carrigan like. Um so yeah. oh, well, it was very pre twenty twenty two Carrigan though. <laughs> oh no. Um uh six trades and uh so I guess do you prefer Angus or Carrigan? I think I prefer Angus. Yeah, I think Angus. I think Angus has got a higher ceiling than Carrigan. Yep. Six trades, 60K in the bank. I want Haas and Teddy in my team for the final run. The players in my team I'm not set on finishing with are Lolo, Moses, Savage, Dewey, and maybe Garrick. If I do three trades, is there a cheapy centre cover option? Well, yes, we've discussed him at length. It's Moses Mbai. So, I mean, you can go Savage to Mbai and then what Moses to Teddy and Garrick to Haas or something like that. Can you do that? Yeah, surely. Yeah, that might be. It's not that funny. Jack Bird named it a hit at centre is a headache I wasn't expecting with Cooler as my backup centre and a selfish homophobe. I only have two options: play Bird and Copper potentially ordinary score, or make the trade to Aiken. I think I'd just hold Bird, honestly. Like he's, he yeah. doesn't score that badly in the centers, and he's going to be back at back in the uh, forwards in two weeks. Yeah, I think Bird's fine to play this week. I wouldn't be worried about playing him. Um, is Josh Jackson a trade out? I think so. Yeah, I agree. He looks tired. Uh, May and Mam to Embai and Murray. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, it's really yes. a good friend of the show, Will. Mr. Third um, Overall. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Number Three. Number Three. So I feel bad that we keep talking about Will in Number Three. We've definitely got the guy who's in first overall in our league, but I don't know if he listens to the pod. So yeah, he does, does he send us question. Number One. Yeah, well, that's probably always number one, mate. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll come back to Dom's question because it's the same question as Will's second question. Um, so remind me to come back to that. Um, is Zimbabwe an all right cash down? We've covered that. Nat Butcher a buy again. He was a buy last week. So, yes. Who would you get, Fogarty or Reynolds? Fogarty's been going really well the last few weeks. I mean, I'm going for Reynolds, but um, I mean, I think Fogarty's worth talking about as a potential option. Like, he's been putting up, uh, he seems like a mid 50 scorer this year. Yeah. Seven games. Um,. Of at least 71 minutes this year, um, average of 50. Um, but, I mean, he's got two scores sub 40 out of that seven, which does concern me. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I'd probably th- – I prefer Reynolds, I think. I agree. They're both, they're both pods, but Reynolds, is, I think, has got a bit of ceiling and maybe even a bit of floor as well. Um, looking at moving off Lolo or Targo, obviously you'd move Targo on there. Um, here's an interesting one. Are we trading Toto to Tedesco? I've been looking at Toto and he's only scored 50 twice this year. Um, but Teddy has a brutal run home and only averages about 45 against all the remaining teams. So I'm not sure. Um, I mean, what's Toto got? He's got Para, Canberra, Melbourne, Souths, Warriors over the next five weeks. Um, yeah, and that last week is against. I mean, I guess he plays the Cowboys in the last round. If he plays, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I like Toto to Tedesco. So do I, to be honest, because I guess the difference is like. Um, the Panthers can choose to rest players at any time versus the Roosters. Like, they need to keep winning if they're going to make the eight. So I don't think Tedesco is going to take any games off. Yeah, no, I like it. All right. Dominic is looking for some – I don't want to say that because that's a talking league thing. Um, he's looking for some advice this week. Uh, <laughs> four trades on the cards. Tomalolo to Haas, Taylor May to Nat Butcher, Palacia to Embai and Frizzell to David Fafida but we'll only leave him with one trade for injuries, but final team's done. Uh, I think that question depends on um, who have you got in 18, 19. Like, can you afford if, uh, like, if you've only got one trade left, I think, you know, you want to feel comfortable that you can put whoever you've got in 18 in for a week or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would be inclined to hold fire on one of either the tunnel. I would, I'd, I'd look at maybe skipping for feeder and keeping Tamalolo or skipping Nat Butcher and keeping Taylor May is probably, but I think the gap between those two, I think I'd probably do the Nat Butcher one and I'd probably sell, if you can sell, 
Frizzell, Palacia, and Taylor May and get Nat Butcher, Mbai, and Haas, I'd probably do that, and I'd probably just not do Tobololo to Fafita and have an extra trade. Is that reasonable? Yeah, I think so. I think that's fairly reasonable. Like, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, Tumalolo is about five to ten points better than May. Um, I think Fafita is probably a mid-50s average type player. Yeah, and, I mean, Tumalolo could be anything from 48 to 58. We don't know. Mm, I don't think he's going to be If he gets a trial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marnie to Robson for pod status or follow the crowd and go for Grant. Uh, is Robson even a pod? 6%. Oh, okay. I'm sure he'd be pretty high owned in the top teams. Um, ranked 134 but can't crack the 100, so thinking the pods are the way to go. Cheers, fellas. Great podcast. I'm actually really interested to see what Robson's ownership is in yeah. the top 100 because I have to imagine yeah, it's, it's pretty right. high. It's, it's 42% in the top 100. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't think the it's the pod I think he is, mate. Um, what's Harry Grant's ownership in the top 100, I wonder? Let's have a look. Uh, I reckon it'd be less. 29%. Yeah, Grant is the pod option <laughs> of the two of them. Yeah. Grant is the pod. Yeah, I think if you're looking for a pod in that price bracket, maybe you don't need D. If you don't need a hooker because you've got, like, say, Cook and Aaron Booth or something like that, Adam Reynolds at 2% in the top 100 is probably the way to go. Aaron Clark, mate. There's the pod. Or Aaron Clark. Yeah, I can't believe that we're doing that, but here we are. Um, All right, so here's an interesting question. (laughs) Rank these four players based on rest of season average projection, Haas, Aaron Clark, Butcher, Hastings. That's the order I put them in. Um, Do you have it in that order? Would you put Butcher first? I like Butcher second. I mean, behind Haas is obviously first and doesn't belong in a tier with those other three players. Um, so who have we got? Butcher, Hastings, Butcher, and Aaron Clark, and Hastings. Uh, I, yeah. I, in terms of just pure average, if they were to keep their role, I think I'd keep it in the same order you've got. Um, yeah. I think Butcher's. If I needed to buy one of those three, though, I think I'd buy Butcher because I just because I think his role is the safest Trust. of all three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that w- when you factor them in in the combination of scoring potential and trust we have in their role, it would be Haas, Butcher, Clark, Hastings. Uh, Austin, uh, I only have the four trades, extra trades that we got this week, uh, locked in Marnie to Butcher as one trade. I can do Ramsey to Dewey in one if he is still a buy and considering Moses to Fogarty, but that feels sideways. I'd probably say that is sideways. Or I can go Poli to Mboy and Ramsey to Fogarty, skipping Dewey and just keeping Moses. feel like I'm overthinking, should just do Ramsey to Dewey and keep the two trades in the pocket. Mm. What do you think? Would Is this... Because I'm assuming he's going to be having Dewey on his bench. Uh, Not as a winner. Given that he's talking about yeah. Jamal Fogarty. Yeah, I guess so. Um, oh, dear. I don't know. I genuinely Can don't Can you know. not buy Reynolds? Is that why you're looking at Fogarty? 
how big are the difference? Oh, there, there's a big difference in their price. Okay. Okay. Um, six fifty two. Yeah, I don't think that I like. Oh, Fogarty's okay. I don't know. It just feels it feels a bit Moses to Fogarty feels really sideways for me. It does, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I could not recommend anyone doing that. Um, especially with so few trades left too. Like it's yeah, this is not worth yep. it. Yeah, I think I'd just lock in Ramsey to Dewey and pray. Mm-hmm. Yep. What to do with Reed? We've covered that. Sell him. Uh, Dewey or Latrell, more of a buy. I think now I'd say Latrell is, um, knowing what we know. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. It's just a big uh, price difference now. It's what 130k between them, so you got to factor yep. that in too. But all things being equal, it's Latrell. Yeah, I think obviously we know exactly what Latrell is, and we have absolutely no idea what Adam Dewey's going to be. We thought we did last week, but they changed their mind. So, mm. uh. Would you go David for feeder and have no hooker cover, or would you get Aaron Clark? Um, that depends how many trades you've got left. Um, and who's your eighteenth man? Because if you if it's Aaron Clark, if you, let's say you go Aaron Clark, let's say your hooker gets injured, you got no trades left, and then your next best player is Davi Moali, then you know it doesn't sort of matter. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'd go for Vafida as long as you've got trades up your sleeve to rectify yeah. that. But yeah, yeah. Concern, big concern. Uh, is it time to jump off Ruben Garrick? Um, that's an interesting question because, I mean, really. He's been going really well prior to last week where he scored 36, which, again, isn't bad for a wing fullback. Um, You have to think he's unfortunately going to score poorly this week, but I guess the week after that, when we get to -to head-to-head finals, is the the question mark. Um, They've got Parramatta, Titans, Cronulla, Canberra, Canterbury for the run home. Um, I don't know. If you were a Garrick owner, would you be selling him? No. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Unless you've got, you know, like with some of these other players that have got like six trays up their sleeve, I, I'd might. Yeah, consider it. the only player that I would players that I would sell Garrick to is Teddy and Hines. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, thinking of going either straight swap Tamalolo to Fafita or Pole down to the red dot and May to Fafita or Elliot to Murray. So he's got six trades left. Wait, what's he doing? Elliot to Murray. Okay. So he can use one trade, which will leave him with five left, and sell Tomalolo to get for feeder. Or yeah. he can cash Pole out and use an additional trade, which will take him down to four trades remaining. But he can trade Tail and May to Fafita instead of Tomalolo. Yeah, or he can sell Elliot to Murray. But I think May to Fafita is the way to go there. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Option two. Yep. Four trades left, Palacia and Kennedy to Nat Butcher and Mbai. Um, that would make his 17th man Nat Butcher instead of Aaron Booth. Yeah, 
do that now. Yep. I have Tino, Reese Walsh, Cody Ramsey, Kalen Ponga, Talatau Cooler, four <laughs> trades left, and I need a half. What do I do? No. Um, well, if you don't have Adam Dewey, um, he might be the easy way there. But I, I think I think now Reese Walsh is a hold now that he's back starting and you've got all those other problems. I think you just got to hold on to Reese Walsh. Uh, yeah. Ramsey Ponga, the easy trades there. Yeah, Ramsey Ponga out, Mbai and Reynolds in. Done. Perfect. Uh, and if you can't get Reynolds, get um, Fogarty. Five trades now with the extras. Am I upgrading Edric Lee to Nat Butcher or Dewey? Or do I save trades and hope Lee keeps scoring tries? <laughs> um, if you don't need a wing fullback, I'd get Butcher. I'd only get Dewey if you needed a wing fullback. Yeah. Is Lee to Dewey sideways or is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's no. origin hero, Lee. Yeah, oh, mate, I know. Yeah, I know he's a hero. Uh, all right, last question, which is the question that I uh, said we had earlier, is um, who's the best captaincy option this week? Um, well, I'm going to be at the Panthers-Eels uh, game this week in a corporate box courtesy of Tab, so I'll be slapping it on, Ke- on Cleary for something to watch, something to cheer. <laughs> so for my mind, Tedesco is an option, but... I, it's not one that I'm going to take and it's not somebody that I'm going to recommend to you. But if you want to do it, um, there's a potential there for a really, 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 really big score. Um, I think it's Cleary or Hines. Um, Damien Cook and Murray are interesting ones against the Sharks. But, I mean, you, uh, Cook is, a, is an option for sure. Um, but I think the best... And, I mean, Haas is as well uh, against the Tigers, but I th- actually think the best captaincy option this week could be Matt Burton against the Knights. Ooh. Yeah, possibly. Goal kicking, possibly. dominant half. He's obviously been putting up really big scores. Uh, I mean, outside of that game in the pouring rain against the Sharks, um, you know, he did manage a 49 against the West Tigers somehow. Um, but then, you know, 83 last week. So, I mean, he does have a seemingly flaw that Hines and Cleary don't seem to have. Mm. Like as in it's yeah. lower than theirs. Um, at this stage, I kind of low-key want to put it on Hines, but, yeah, I mean, either of Hines or Cleary will probably be one of the would be who I go with, I reckon. Mm. Yeah, if I wasn't uh, going to be at the Panthers game this weekend, I, I might slap it on Hines. But just for the pure fact, I'm going to be in attendance. I just want to watch my captain go around, you know. Yeah. Plus, no. plus yeah. my opponent this week, and plus my opponent this week doesn't have Cleary, so I just feel like I've got to maximise that advantage of yeah. having two Ass- Clearies. Assert your dominance. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Is that the same uh, opponent that traded Cleary to Joey Manu? Is that that opponent? <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah, so I've heard. Yeah. All right. What a dum-dum. It's going to be embarrassing when he beats me this week. <laughs> <laughs> With Joey Manu on the captaincy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, classic. Good stuff. I think that's it, Ryan. 
Oh, well, a good time. It's usually Rob yeah. that slows us down. That's what we're... Yeah, mate. Well, I have to tell him to stop waffling all the time. So, I mean, yeah, we've got, got a big week. Um, obviously, everybody's going last round before we go to head-to-head finals. This is going to be a huge week for, you know, pressure games. Um, don't be shy to, like, if you don't need to make your trades straight away, don't be shy to, like, eyeball the first game. Let's say you don't have Cherry Evans... Um, or something like that, and you've got Teddy and your opponent's got Cherry but doesn't have Teddy, don't be shy to, like, eyeball that first game and sort of see if you need to make those upgrades or not. Like, you know, something like a, you know, Tomololo to Fafita or something like that that you're not sure about or a Moses to, you know, Reynolds or something like that. You know, if, if, if you're getting, you know, if you're getting hosed and you need a ceiling, don't be shy to make that trade late. Um, but, you know, mm. you can hold, hang back. So, I mean, fantasy relevancy in the first game, it's really only Crichton, Teddy, Butcher, and then Garrick and DCE. So everybody else should be open to you in terms of, you know, options for the rest of the week. So, yeah. Yep. Any uh, Anything else here, Ryan? No, I just... Uh... I'm just chugging along in all my head-to-head leagues, mate. Just uh, yep. sitting second in uh, in the AIDS Cup from the Fantasy Lounge, and uh, yep. do or die in the hurt this week. Yeah, mate. It's the first. I think it's the first time in history I've been in front of you on a head-to-head um, oh, ladder. But mate, we're yep. seventh and eighth, so we're in dire straits a little bit here. So we're um, we're, we're trying to we're trying to avoid having to face each other in the first week of finals as well, which is even worse. So. I'm going to be dirty if I get knocked out because I've got the most points against by um, for any team in the league by about 300 too. So <laughs> I'm yeah, doing wow. well just to be eight. Yeah, I'd be huge. I'd be top four. Yeah, well, the di- so the difference between you and Matt Hards in terms of points against is 650. And he's sitting in first with two he's losses. <laughs> yeah, mate, he's just people are just putting their all their bloody. Jason Saab's in the starters every time they're versing him. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, Crazy stuff. Dream run. Yeah, mate. He is, he's, 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 luck, he's lucking out big time. So, anyway, I, I reckon that'll do us. Don't be shy to send us a message if you need some help over the weekend, guys. Um, don't forget to do all the stuff. I don't know what else you need to do, but, um, you know, do your washing and, you know, hang out with your, your partner. Or, I don't know. That's it. Creep. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> we'll uh we'll talk to you next week. Love you guys.